Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. In just a minute, we are going to be looking at leading with wisdom. How do you lead with wisdom? But before we do, I want to mention a few things to you. On August 21st in Miami, September 11th in Boston, I am hosting the Strategic Church Growth Conference. Strategic Church Growth Conference. Now, these are different than other events that I do. The roundtables I do, the uh, leadership conference that I do here at uh, my church in Plano. These are very, very strategic because we open the hood up and we begin to look at the engine of what makes an effective organization. If you're in an organization, this is a must. We're going to talk about why certain churches and organizations stall out. We're going to talk about how do you handle those moments when they stall. We're going to talk about reinventing all of those things. You can go to my website and sign up there. Secondly, I want to mention the uh, School of Leadership. If you're in the Plano area and you want to just experience leadership on a high level, come to our School of Leadership. Uh, You can find out more by reaching out to my office, 972-985-1112, and you can find out. But this year, we're adding two more schools. We have one in Seattle, and we will have one in New Braunfels, just north of San Antonio. So if you're in the Seattle area, uh, you might want to participate there. If you are in the San Antonio area or the Austin area, you might want to participate there. But I want to encourage you, these are golden moments because you're going to walk into a room that is focused on leadership, and you're going to leave that room with leadership being more profound in your life than ever before. That said, I want to take a minute, and I want to talk to you about leading with wisdom. Let's just take a moment and define wisdom. Here's the best visual that I can give you. Wisdom is walking into a library all of these books around you. And the library is filled with knowledge. But wisdom is knowing which book to pull out, when to pull it out, which page to look at, and what paragraph to look at to get a specific answer. So wisdom is the ability not to go to the library. Wisdom is the ability when you're at the library to know what book and page you need to look at. Let me put it in another sense. Wisdom is the gap between doing and knowing. See, a lot of people know things, but wisdom is doing those things. A lot of people have understanding of what they know, but wisdom is the ability to take understanding and to live it and to begin to apply it. So wisdom is the gap between knowing something and doing something. And let me just be transparent. The world tests for knowledge. That's what the world tests for. It tests for knowledge. But God tests for wisdom. God tests for wisdom. See, that's one of the reasons we started the School of Leadership is that people have been trained and taught 
wrong. We've taught them to know something. God wants us to do something. And so the world tests for knowledge. And it says, okay, here is knowledge you need to know. We're going to test and say, did you receive that knowledge? But having knowledge does not equate to wisdom. Wisdom is inserting knowledge into applicable places at the right moment and the right time. And so if you're going to lead, you have to be effective with wisdom. You have to be able to lead with wisdom. So I want to give you seven kinds of wisdom a leader needs. The first is personal wisdom. You have to understand you. You have to understand you. And our society, they call this self-awareness. Are you aware of who you are? Um, One of the interesting things is that great leaders have self-awareness, and what that means is, is they start living beyond the things that many times are the very things that prohibit a lot of people from leading. How about this? They learn to lead beyond rejection. We have the story of 1 Samuel chapter 17. David happens onto a battlefield. He sees Goliath challenging Israel, and he says, guys, what are you doing? Uh, don't you realize there's a cause, there's a reason, there's a purpose here? And, and he begins to challenge. But David's going to go through frequent rejection, the rejection by his dad, that his dad didn't think he was really a contributor, the rejection of his brother, who sort of was always putting him down, the rejection of of the lion and the bear, who didn't think he could defend the flock, the rejection of King Saul, who thought he was too young to do, and the rejection of Goliath. All of those were rejection moments, and yet he led beyond them, and he was able to lead beyond his insecurities. And that's one of the things that wisdom gives you. Wisdom says, this is who you are, but wisdom says, this is who you can be. And so what happens is, as a leader, you have personal wisdom. You know yourself. You know that there are places in your life where uh, you tend to be vulnerable. You understand what those vulnerabilities are. You recognize them. But you understand that there are things that you can do to protect yourself. When Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he, he said, uh, you know, Timothy... He said, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. And what he was saying is, Timothy, you don't have to be afraid in your leadership journey. Now, he wasn't talking about not having a a respectful knowledge of things that could be damaging. He was just saying, fear can't paralyze you. And, And so he was saying to Timothy, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so what was happening in Timothy's life was fear was paralyzing him. And Paul was trying to say, hey, you need wisdom how to handle that. Again, personal wisdom, who you are, what you're prone to, how to react to it. And Acts chapter 26, uh, Paul is standing out and, and, and he begins to talk to King Agrippa. And he says that God told him, I'm sending you to the people that I'm delivering you from. 
Well, interesting words. I'm sending you to people, but for you to be effective with those people, you have to be delivered from those people. And so what he was saying is, until you're free from everything that they say, they think, they feel, every opinion they throw at you, every negativity they bring your way, you can't lead them effectively. So whether it was David with rejection, whether it was Timothy with fear, uh, whether it was Paul with the people, you've got to figure you out. That's wisdom. So how do you stay totally committed to God, invested in leadership, and stay sane while you're doing it? And what that means is, is that I need the wisdom of margins. How much can I do? See, I need a lot of margin in my life because I do a whole lot. The more you do, the bigger the margins you need. You need that open space where where nothing's required of you. And from a leadership standpoint, that's very hard. What I found is people who aren't doing a whole lot, they don't need a lot of margin because there's not a lot demanded of them. But when you are taking on spiritual and natural responsibilities, margin is critical. And so how much can I do? Methods, how can I do it? What are the systems that I'm going to put in place to be able to do what I do and to do it repeatedly? Well, anyone who's ever heard me communicate knows that I'm totally reliant on prayer. That is the system that I have to have in my life. I have to spend time with God, and I have to have those quality moments or Everything else is going to break down. So margins, methods, and, and, and ministry. How, how do I just keep doing it? How do you keep giving your heart week after week, month after month, year after year? Well, see, you've got to figure you out. You have to understand what the personal wisdom is you need to lead. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about a second kind of wisdom. If you're going to lead, you need people wisdom. See, leading people requires wisdom. This was the prayer that Solomon prayed in the Old Testament. God, I don't know how to come in and to go out before the people. Um, I, I just don't know what to do. So can you grant me wisdom that I can lead them effectively? And if you're a leader, that is a prayer you need to pray continually, regularly, and frequently. God, give me wisdom to lead people. Uh, leading people, you're going to have to have wisdom on how to love people because sometimes people are hard to love, and you're going to have to have wisdom on how to help people, because not everyone who says they want help acts like when you try to help them that the help is legit and that they are going to be responsive, and you're going to have to have wisdom to grow people. So how do I engage their life and make them better? Am I just a problem solver and they stay the same? Or do I grow them so that they can be better? But you need people wisdom. And and what that involves is is it's sometimes trial and error. You're going to get out there and you're going to back away and you're going to say, wow. Um, The other day after one of our services, I'm in the lobby and someone says something to me and it really caught me off guard. It was not what they said that caught me off guard, but who said it? It was literally a a person that had just graduated from fifth grade. And I thought to myself, this is what this fifth grader is saying. And I wanted to be sweet, but yet at the same time, I wanted to be able to navigate the issue that he was bringing up. And so 
it was one of those things that afterwards I went back and I thought it through and I said, if I'm ever in that situation again, this will be my response. Why? Because you need to be smarter. If you keep having experiences and you're not smarter after them, then you're not striving for wisdom. I want to have a better answer. I want to have a better response each and every time. And it doesn't matter whether someone's uh, 50 or whether someone's in fifth grade. You have to lead people. And so people are not always easy to love, so you've got to have wisdom. People are not always easy to help. You can't help everyone the same way, so you have to have wisdom. And then you can't leave people just with problems solved. You've got to help people to be better and grow so that the same problems aren't replicated repeatedly in their life. Um, That brings us to a third kind of wisdom. And the third kind of wisdom is this, that's problem wisdom. And, and the nature of leadership is, is you're going to deal with problems. And the higher you go in leadership, the bigger the problems. And the longer you're in leadership, the frequency of problems goes up. So here's one of the things that I would say to any leader is that you have to have wisdom to be able to manage and navigate problems. Now, the higher you go up, it means you're going to get the problems that other people can't solve. Because if they would solve them, they would handle them. And as I like to put it, everyone wants the win-win problem. Well, do this and you win, do this and I win. But most problems are not win-win, they're win-lose. And so when those problems come, they get pushed up to you, the win-lose problem. Now, here's what I found. As long as the person who is pushing them up to you gets to win, they will solve that problem. But the problem they'll give you is the win-lose problem when they could lose. So you're going to get it when the person on your team feels like they're going to lose something. That's the problem they're going to hand you. And then the lose-lose problem. These are the problems that leaders are handed all the time. These are the problems that come our way where all of a sudden we get to handle the lose-lose problem, everyone's going to lose. What's the solution? So you need problem wisdom. Now, where does that come from? It comes from prayer. The prayer you pray today is an investment in the problem you don't know that you're going to face tomorrow. So people ask me, well, why do you pray all the time? It's simple because I know I'm going to be navigating problems all the time. But I don't know what the problems are. I can't study for the unknown problem. But I can pray and be prepared for the unknown problem. And see, prayer is an investment in the future for the problem that you do not know that you will face. So every day I pray. And the reason I pray is I'm investing. I'm saying, God, I'm going to put into our relationship what is needed that when demands are made, I'm going to be able to respond effectively. Another thing is, is that you've got to learn to prepare for problems. I was recently at a church, and they had some logistical things that went on that failed. And the pastor was asking me some questions, and I said, you've got to practice for problems. See, around here, we practice for problems. What if the electricity goes out? Well, 
our team knows we're not going to call off church just because all of our electrical uh, systems go down and, and we don't have our video walls and we don't have all of our sound system. And so we have a plan in place. We have a beatbox that's going to be brought down to the number one level. The acoustic guitar is going to be brought out. There are four songs that we've chosen that we know everyone on the worship team knows, and we know that most of the people in our church, they don't need words for those. There are frequent songs, and we immediately go to those. Our sound team and our uh, worship team, they practice for failure once a month. Can you handle this failure? Can you manage it? Can you do it in seconds? Well, we have battery-operated lights. As soon as the power goes out, they come on. Why? Because we want some light. We have a, a, a limited power backup, um, you know, sound system that will give us uh, two mics. But you know what? We are not going to be able to pull off what we used to pull off, but we're going to be able to pull off something. Remember, the church met in the catacombs. If you've got to have a perfect environment to lead— um, you're not going to lead. So practice for problems. The fourth kind is perspective wisdom. Perspective wisdom means this. You get out of your chair. See, all of us have a chair that we sit in. So the doctor has a surgery room. A pilot has a cockpit. An accountant has an office and a computer. Well, everyone gets used to their chair, but occasionally you've got to get out from your chair and you've got to go sit somewhere else. And what this does is when you learn from other people's chairs, maybe you're not the pilot and you're never going to be the pilot, but you at least understand this is how they manage when crisis happens. This is what they're going to do. Uh, you're not a doctor. You're never going to do surgery, but you know what their fallbacks are then what it does is it tr creates street cred because people respect you. The wider you are in your information that you gain and the wisdom from that information, the more people respect you and the greater the impact you have with people. And so people begin to understand that you are not just a single focus individual. You've put yourself in rooms you didn't have to be in. You've heard wisdom that you didn't have to learn so that you can have conversations that you couldn't ordinarily have. So I tell people all the time, I can sit down with a, a banker and I can have an economic conversation and they will look at me and say, you know, we've never met anyone from your field that's as knowledgeable. On the other hand, I can sit down and talk to a doctor and they will say, we've never met anyone who had the working knowledge that you have. I can sit down with an attorney. Why? You have to build bridges as a leader, so you have to have perspective. And you have to be able to take that perspective and utilize it. Um, the fifth kind of wisdom is platform wisdom. Now, platform wisdom will vary. If, if you're that doctor, we're talking about uh, the surgery room. If, if you're that attorney, we're talking about the courtroom. But whatever your platform is, you need wisdom. And the thing about any platform, there's two basic kinds of wisdom you need. You need to know who you are. The worst thing that you can ever do is be in a room and try to be someone else. You can't be someone else. 
You weren't created to be someone else. You don't know how to be someone else. You have to be who you are. But again, that goes back to personal wisdom. And if you have personal wisdom, you're not insecure. Uh, You can handle rejection. You can face fears. You can deal with the crowds of people around you. And all of those things are points of wisdom that on a platform, you know who you are, so you're secure. See, the thing about the platform is you're waiting for the people around you to make you feel secure. You will always be insecure. All a platform does is magnify your insecurity. And then it's not only who you are, but who are you called to be? What is it that you're called to be? Well, you're called to be some very, very specific things. I'm called to be some very specific things. Everyone who knows me knows that my life mission is two things. I want to make heaven bigger and the kingdom of God better. So what does that look like? I'm going to reach lost people and I'm going to raise up leaders. I am going to raise up leaders. That's what this podcast is for, to create an environment that if people chose to, they could listen to a podcast every two weeks and they would walk away a better leader. So platform wisdom. Here's another thing, past wisdom. Past wisdom is when you can look at yesterday and you can extrapolate not the pain, but the principles. See, most people, when they look at their past, all they see is the pain. They don't see the principles. They don't see what, what they've learned from that and what the takeaways are from that. Now, what I can tell you is everyone listening to this, you have a past. And there are parts of that past that were painful. But that pain in that past, you can move beyond. Remember, I've talked to you frequently. I did a message entitled, uh, Growing Your Pain Threshold. Because in leadership, your pain threshold determines your upside. If you have a low pain threshold, you are going to be a low-level leader. If you have a high pain threshold, you're going to be a high leader. In fact, some of you have people on your team that the, the reason they're not more effective is not that they don't have potential. They just don't know how to handle pain. And if you want to go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, you can get that particular book and, and walk people through it and help them understand. But past wisdom is not the pain of it. It's the wisdom you draw from it. So who did you lead? How did you lead? What did you lead? Where did you lead? And when did you lead? What did the past look like, and what can you carry forward that helps you to be better? And then that brings you to another thing, which is process wisdom. Process wisdom is this. It's just being able to take wisdom and facilitate it in pragmatic ways. Remember we started, and and we said this world teaches you knowledge. That's what it tests for. It's the failure of education. Now, does that mean that I do not believe in knowledge? Oh, I believe in knowledge. But we've made knowledge the destination. Knowledge is the starting line. See, wisdom should be the outcome of knowledge. See, that's what Proverbs says. Get wisdom. Make it the principal thing. Well, we've made knowledge the principal thing. That's why I'm so emphatic on the schools of leadership. We're moving people from knowledge base to wisdom base. That's why if you're in the Dallas area, come and be a part. If you're in the Seattle area, come and be a part. You're in the San Antonio area, Austin area, you come and be a part. 
but purpose um, is, is a part of the process. Uh, what are we trying to do and how do we want to do it? Well, I want to move people from knowledge to wisdom. Process is how you turn vision into fruitfulness. Or for some of you in business, it's how you turn vision into effectiveness. So you have a vision, and everyone knows it. But purpose is what keeps you on track with the vision so that you can turn it into effectiveness. So what does that basically mean? When you serve on a board or committee, there's always a vision statement, a mission statement. Vision is, is, is sort of the high reach. Mission is sort of the function. But people get off from it. And the reason they get off is that they haven't learned to process wisdom. So they start reacting to all of the things around them. So what are you trying to do? Can you take process and can you take process and turn it into effectiveness? And then on the other hand, players, who do you need on the team? Who do you need on the team that is a part of what you're trying to do? And then on the other hand, practices, what do you need to do repeatedly? So seven kinds of wisdom. What are the seven kinds of wisdom? Personal wisdom. You need that. You need to understand and figure out you. People wisdom. How do you lead people and lead them effectively? Problem wisdom. Perspective wisdom. You need to get out of your chair and you need to learn bigger and better. Platform wisdom. You need to understand what you're going to do when you're on the stage. Past wisdom. You're going to have to have clarity and process wisdom. These are seven kinds of wisdom that you need to lead. Now, let me just say to you, if you don't apply yourself, that's what Proverbs says, apply yourself to wisdom. Apply yourself. All you will do is replicate the past over and over again. And repeating the past gives you no future. Wisdom is what God gives us to have a future. That being said, I want to encourage you, apply yourself to wisdom. Again, I want to remind you that we are going to be doing some strategic church growth. Honestly, this is wisdom. This is taking an organization and, and, and just delving into what drives it and what makes it function. And there are people out there, you need to sign up. Um, there is the August 21st in Miami. There is the September 11th in Boston. I want to encourage you, if you're in the Dallas area, the School of Leadership. If you're in the Seattle area, the School of Leadership. If you are in the um, San Antonio, Austin area, the School of Leadership, there's a place you can go. When you walk in, you're going to be one thing. When you walk out, if you keep going to that room, you'll walk out a better leader. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com. 